Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hi there, I'm Erin Trenbeth Murray, and I welcome you to our podcast, We Hear Her, as part of the Women Who Succeed initiative. I am so lucky to get a few minutes today with Tiffany Clayson, who is the Executive Director of the Utah Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control for the state of Utah, and I hope I got that correct. Yes, I did. So I want to just tell you a little bit about Tiffany, as I just recently got to know her in late spring. We went to lunch, and um, I was just immediately captivated by her background, and she just seemed to really have it all together. And I thought, this is a cool woman. We got to get her into Women Who Succeed. So she has over 12 years of experience in government at a federal, state, and local level. Tiffany has a reputation for effective stakeholder engagement, nurturing bipartisan relationships, crisis management, data-driven strategies, strategies, and building vibrant and respectful work environments. She worked in the U.S. Senate uh, office for David Vitter, Vitter, excuse me, Vitter, David Vitter, served as Governor Herbert's Director of Constituent Services, and most recently served as the District Director for Congressman Ben McAdams. So you can see right there that that diverse background shows that bipartisan skill set that she definitely has. Prior to her career in government, Tiffany worked in the food and beverage industry in London, There, she successfully executed the launch of a high-end artisan bread line where she developed and deployed best practices in product training programs and brand integrity, expanded market share, and grew retail sales. Tiffany completed her BA and MED at Louisiana State University in Shreveport. She lives in Salt Lake County with her husband, Stuart, and their two children. And I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me, Erin. Now, how old are your kids? I have a 10-year-old boy, mm-hmm. and I have a three-and-a-half-year-old little girl. Oh, so you're not busy. You're just, just, you're just napping every day. Yes, <laughs> when I can. When you can. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You learn that quick, right? Yeah. Sneak it in when you can. Yeah. Well, tell everyone a little bit about your, your background. I mean, London, you've been all over the country. Let's just start there with you sharing a little bit about your background. I kind of joke. It's a little, I've had uh, what I, so I have a, a, a British grandmother, and so I uh, oh. grew up, she's the term higgledy-piggledy, and so I say that like it's totally normal. I realize that when I say it, people are like, what are you saying? So, I, Higgle- I, wait, wait, what does that mean? Higgledy-piggledy, so kind of like, you know, it's like taking a couple of twists and, and turns, oh, right? Oh, okay. Um, in terms of my career path or journey, as you mentioned in my biography, I have an MED. Yeah. Um, I think uh, growing up, I wanted to do several things. Um, I loved English literature and the liberal arts, so I got a dual major in both um, English and then education. I happened to go on and get a master's of education um, with a fine arts focus, but also with a special education focus in gifted education. So I was kind of set uh, to teach, believe it or not. I see that. Um, I was at a university um, and doing some intro level stuff there um, when Again, see, this is where it's higgledy piggledy. Um, I got a call to go to London and work in a sales, uh, sell, corporate food and beverage sales job. Um, and my husband went with me. We were newly married. Um, and part of it was really scary um, and unexpected. 
Um, with my credentials, I had a really great team around me. My dad, who worked for a Fortune 500 beverage company, was mm. like, oh, you can do this. You've got, it's just like teaching. It's uh, working in sales is all about communication. It's all about personality. Of course, there are some things that you need to learn, but people, you know, surround yourself with the right people. They'll coach you through it. So um, we went to England. Um, I had a great job working in the food and beverage and hospitality industry, um, working with a luxury bread line. Um, it was a great way to learn central London, to travel a country, mm. and to really do something really challenging and unexpected. When we came back to the States a couple of years later, that company um, asked me to, to come on board. I was going to spend a lot of time flying from a couple of different cities working in corporate sales in, yeah. in America. It's ready to put down roots. Um, and so that's when my service in career and government started. I started working for a U.S. senator. So again, higgledy-piggledy, twists and turns, um, moving from sort of uh, corporate food and beverage service to government. But again, the U.S. senator who saw something in me and said, you'll be great. I would love you on my team. Please come on board. Um, and so, yeah, so the rest was history. I have then spent uh, over a decade working in government. I love it. I'm so passionate about being able to um, serve, work for the public in all the various aspects that I have. Um, I've had some really cool experiences getting to do that, either meeting people or being part of conversations or, or um, situations that mm -hmm. may not be able to do. Um, so obviously, twist and, and turn, you know, here working for Governor Herbert, then a Democrat, Ben McAdams is a Republican, <laughs> which is not a, a novel thing for some, though it is. Um, and I've just that's my career in a nutshell um, and what brought me to the DABC. I joked with the governor and chief of staff when sort of talking with him about my current role. It's like, there's, it's so unexpected. Whoever would have thought when I was um, at a university working and I wrote, you know, I said yes to this unexpected thing in food and beverage sales, yeah. then later said yes to this unexpected thing in government that 10 years later, I would end up with a role that actually married those two things mm -hmm. that are somewhat unrelated, which is food and beverage, in this case, beverage, but we support the food and beverage industry here in Utah, and then government public service. So it's perfect marriage. It's one of those things that um, I like to think about and have been reflecting on um, quite a bit lately because um, it, it's funny how you grow up, you get credentialed, you go to school, and you sort of have tunnel vision, like this is what I will do, um, but, but sort of being open to to kind of a higgledy-piggledy situation and rolling with those twists and turns has turned out in like some incredible experiences and then helped me be qualified for what I'm doing now. So, right? I think the yeah. higgledy-piggledy <laughs> needs to be something new catchword with the cool kids. <laughs> yeah. I think we should put it out there and let's just see, you know, who bites. Yeah. But I think that what's resonating with me is that as you're talking the students, many of the students nowadays, I believe, in college, um, are a lot more open-minded than I was when I was in school. That they're they're not necessarily saying this degree will get me this career path and I will stay there. That they're more open to the higgledy piggledy and the twists and turns. So I love that you're able to share that example of how it worked and probably, and I'm going to make some guesstimates here, mm -hmm. but probably with your dad's background and that. Um, knowledge and love for the industry drew you at some level to that plus the fun hey let's go to london we don't have kids and we're young that's cool but then um how it circled back in your life and it's 
you were able to find things that you're passionate about even organically and pull them together into one big career right now. It's really, and it's really cool how if you're open to those things, life mm. will, life will do that to you, right? Um, I had really a, have a great father as a role model, someone who, um, growing up in the South, um, definitely very defined, you know, gender uh, stereotypes and roles. I had a very supportive mom, but I think my dad was always um, making sure um, that I was sort of out outside maybe what was expected or, or what would have been very easy for me. Um, he taught me how to play golf early on. I'm, I'm not a great golfer. I can't, I do still golf. Um, uh, and he just did a lot of really great things, I think, for me, which I value now um, because he didn't necessarily just want me um, uh, stymied or mm -hmm. stuck in a corner or stuck in a career path, mm -hmm. but always wanted me to be able to explore, do different things. And he did. He taught me a passion for hard work. Both of my parents did that, but also, yes, a love for the industry. So in my, I talked about this in my um, committee hearing when I was um, appointed or confirmed. Um, some of my best memories are with my dad, like even though he was an executive going through warehouses um, while he would go check and work on employees or work with employees or troubleshoot with groups. Um, I'd maybe be hanging out with like a forklift operator in a warehouse somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so really cool experiences, um, very unique experiences with my dad, but definitely know my way around a, a warehouse, definitely know my way around beverage merchandise, <laughs> a golf course. Golf course. I love that. I mean, you think about that's part of the, I think the whole initiative with women who succeed and us mm -hmm. trying to set up internships and get yeah. the young women scholarships to college and the mentoring. We're trying to provide exposure to something they may not even know that they're interested in right, mm -hmm. right now. And yeah. the smallest thing might light a spark or fire. And I think it's really neat the confidence that you exude. Um, and the, you came in today, I'm just going to share with everyone <laughs> that she came in in her like work gear, jeans. She had some type of cool mud boot, duck boots on <laughs> and an outdoor gear jacket. And I said, oh, we're going to be filmed. She said, I'll think I'll change. <laughs> but, you know, tell me a little bit about um, you as a woman, a mother. You've got, you've got the, this huge leadership role at the state. You are a mother of two. You're married. You have friends. You give back through organizations like ours. I don't want to use the word balance, but I'm. How do you maybe take care of yourself or make time or, or how do you not how do you not make that your identity? I have a. I struggle with. I'm vice president. This is who I am. This is my identity. Okay, now I am mother. I am this. I you know, and I kind of feel like sometimes I lose who Aaron is. Yeah. Um, it's one of the things I've talked with some of our mentees, my mentees about through this program, actually in this, in this last session is sort of making sure to, um, carve out time for yourself, um, as a, as a working mom with two kids. And obviously my kids are re yeah, need a lot of attention. They're right in the middle. You're ages. right in the thick of it. Um, sometimes that means I might only get 15 minutes in a day. And sometimes it's not even a, like at a convenient time of the day. That might mean that I'm getting it at like 4.30 in the morning or yeah. I'm getting it after everyone's gone to bed. But I think um, it, it's really important to carve out that time through an activity that no one can interrupt. So um, I like to Peloton. I like to garden. I like to run. Mm -hmm. 
um, quite a bit. The weather's not been very good for that um, lately, but I think those are important things to do for yourself um, to physically um, to, to get that alone time, but that's also productive time. I will laugh, like thinking about identity. Um, I was cleaning toilets um, weekend before <laughs> last. Um, and I think it's easy for me sometimes to be in this, like the uh, folks, my moniker, I guess, to some people or the media is like the liquor boss, right? Mm-hmm. And I kind of joke at that because I always, every time I hear that, um, it sounds like I should be in like a pinstripe suit with like <laughs> a, a Tommy boss. gun. Or You're like, like the mafia. <laughs> yes. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, I'm working sometimes, you know, 60 plus hours a week doing stuff, but then to come home and check that at the door, um, and then be a mom and read a book about ladybugs to my three-year-old, right. Or deal with some kind of other nonsense that that's important. Um, and that's fun. Um, I sat there scrubbing my toilets because that's one of my chores and I don't have a, a, a housekeeper <laughs> for that. Um, and I thought, oh man, if people could just see me now and know Here that I, I do my own toilet. So exactly. I kind of think it's important too, to, to keep it real. I mean, there's some of those things that I don't outsource. Um, I probably should, um, but it's kind of nice to feel connected in that way to um, everyday things that everybody else always does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then carving out that time for myself. But I, I think... Um, to ultimately what, what I've learned through identity and taking care, trying to take care of myself and setting boundaries to try to take care of myself is ultimately by, by setting aside that time for me. Um, it means I can be a better mom, a better wife, and hopefully a better leader, right. Um, as I work with people. So I don't have the secret sauce. Like I don't, I haven't quite bottled it or figured it out in that respect. I think where I am right now is I feel really accomplished if I'm 15 minutes, if I can go get my nails right to run in those little blocks of time it's it's great that getting the nails done yes <laughs> I feel like like this balance of guilt <laughs> i have time to do this yeah. but it's a it's a lot to manage for sure yeah now your role has your role has never been held by a woman before has it there was um i am the first appointed female um at the dabc and yeah. it's i think 86 year history <laughs> There was oh, there's sh- no pressure there. <laughs> I know. There was a short period where um, there was um, Francine Gianni, who was mm-hmm. the executive director for commerce, came in temporarily. She wasn't appointed. She mm-hmm. still was the director of commerce that came in to sort of um, take care of a few things in between two directors. Um, but yeah, I'm the first officially appointed female to that. It is daunting. I think it's something I carry around every day. So um, I shouldn't have brought it up. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, it Because... Because I think it's important where I try to find balance with that is making sure I have the ad- it that provides the adequate motivation I need sometimes mm-hmm. to navigate or push through some difficult things with work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm like anyone else. I love people like my bio said, I love to relationship build. I love to um, to work on relationships and coalition build. But that doesn't mean I'm always in the mood for it. Right. So um, sometimes it's a healthy thing to remember, like, hey, I there is kind of a lot writing on this. Like I, I want to do a great job for me. Um, but also because I'm the first female to hold this appointed position and it's a boys club. The the alcohol industry in general, um, is, has always been run by men is dominated by men. There are some women that are coming in and changing that, um, on the celebrity side with, with certain brands that they're coming in. Um, and then in other aspects of the business, um, we have female distillers nationally and it, it is 
really cool, but there still are a lot of ceilings to break in this industry. And so I do feel like I have a lot riding on that. But I also try to not let that um, make me cave under that pressure. Because at the end of the day... You're not going to cave. No. There's I'm, no I'm way. <laughs> I know you're not. And it's I, not an my husband was in the industry for 30 years in food and beverage. Mm-hmm. And it's an intense... It's not just male dominant. Um, my observation, and we have a lot of friends that are in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, my observations are: it's a great, it can be aggressive. It it is a tough business uh, with profit margins, and there's a lot of pressure riding on them to be able to have a liquor license or mm-hmm. to not. It can make or break a business. Mm-hmm. So these people are not like just calling you, "Hey, you want to go to lunch or do a podcast." which is what I'm doing, (laughs) which I love. But um, talk to me a little bit more about how do you, how do you, I mean, you've you've definitely addressed like kind of the the weight of being the first female, but talk to me a little bit about your leadership style and role and how you navigate those very, um, couldn't be very difficult or challenging kind of scenarios. What do you rely on? Um, The people, I, in everything, whether it's it's my family or my circle of friends, my social circle, or professionally trying to surround myself with people that are competent um, and that that have my back, right? Or whatever the mission is that they they believe in the mission. So um, my management style, I I think is collaborative. Um, I can't do everything by myself. I don't have all the answers. Um, I I am not that wise, nor do I I think I ever will be that wise, experienced, etc. So. Um, I think it's really important to have those people on your team where you say, I'm, I may be not as strong in this area, so I'm expecting you to have my back, or um, I, I don't understand this as well, but I have really strong feelings about it. I need to make sure that mm-hmm. you're, you're making sure that my feelings are appropriate, yeah. <laughs> right, or in yeah. check. And, check. Um, and so um, I have a really great team in terms of, of, of what I do for work. We have a great management team. Um, we all have our own strengths and weaknesses, and I think it's weekly trying to check in and making sure that we're making the best of all of those things. Um, we're all bought in, and we're all working together um, is is really helpful. One of the things thing I think, too, about the DABC in terms of thinking about uh, female leadership, so really the D, at, the, at the Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control, we have this mission, statutory mission, that at times is sort of in conflict with itself. Mm. Um, mission number one is to provide a product and service, right? Um, alcohol to those who I res- want to responsibly consume it. But the other side of that mission is consumption, and it's to make sure that folks don't overconsume. It's prevention education. Um, it's sort of to to pull back the or to focus on the public safety aspect sure. of drinking. Um, and 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 it's not an either or scenario each and every time. But I mean, at some point that creates a tension that's really difficult. Um, so one of the things that I've enjoyed on the prevention education side, especially with Parents Empowered, which is a program mm-hmm. that we run, um, is bringing that um, mom perspective or female perspective and mm-hmm. in that responsibility equation and saying, um, obviously we have this retail business, we have to support our food and beverage industry Um and so we need to make sure that we're doing stakeholder engagement, supporting their their needs from an operations perspective. But at the same time, where does it make sense to say, um, you know, it, does this make sense from a public safety perspective? Are we doing this right? Can we rethink this to make it better? Um, and so, again, 
Um, while I think um, I, I use all of those things to lead or to set a vision or a tone, I'm relying on other people also to to have my back and support and work towards that thing together. I love what you just said about the mother perspective. <laughs> that really, if you think about it, 86 years, you said? Mm-hmm. I mean, 86 years and you're the first female, so that is the first time that there's been a uh, perspective, a, a mother perspective on education um, and that that safety element that I think is different, I think is different than maybe a father's perspective mm-hmm. on, on it. I could be wrong. I'm just thinking about how many times my husband was like, he'll be fine. He can jump. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, no, he can't. do somebody put a mattress down. Yeah. You know, I just, I have these, um, I don't know, these fears of safety. But I just think um, listening to you, I mean, when when we met the first time and you struck me as so intelligent, so pulled together. Um, what I have really enjoyed about getting to know you and listening to you today too, and when I read your bio, it so rings true about relationship building and connectivity, whether it's bipartisanship, whether it is opposing um, potential conflicting messaging that is through the mission, whether it is through um, government perspective and, and business perspective. They've picked the perfect person for the job because you are doing an amazing job. I know you're working so hard to support the industry and to support um, all that needs to be all that needs to be done to protect and educate people as well as to provide the product to those that want to drink it responsibly. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, you're absolutely fantastic and I'm so glad you were able to come and visit with us today. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to close out? sharing any final words of advice to any of the young women about, um, as they're kind of looking forward to their futures about building their confidence or their leadership skills? You know, I think maybe coming for full circle um, and talking about that sort of the, the twist and turns, higgledy-piggledy-ness, right, of life, um, I, I think embrace the unexpected is really a good thing to think about in your, in your career, your professional life, but also your, your personal life. Um, there can be some really neat surprises, right, um, uh, that will come out of nowhere. And so not to automatically um, shut those off because they don't fit with what you've been thinking about. Um, but embrace that. Um, and I think surrounding yourself with a good team, a mentor, a re- obviously what we, we do in this program is through mentorship. I so strongly believe in mentorship um, and how even if am I, I have mentors um, and I'm you know, some days I'm calling them uh, more often than, than I do on other days. But I think no matter where you are in life, whether you're just starting out um, or you're, you're in your mid-40s or you're in your 60s, um, having those people in your life that are um, consistent, that are healthy, that are supportive, um, that you can check in with is, is really, really helpful. So I think embrace the unexpected, um, surround yourself with really great people and a mentor, um, and it can really make all the difference in how you sort of launch yourself and then navigate all the messiness that's bound to come. So, well, there you go. That is the secret sauce right there <laughs> on how and how to live a healthy, happy life. And with that, I would just like to say thank you so much for tuning in to We Hear Her podcast, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.